BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is a special edition of Political Breakdown. I'm Scott Schaefer. And I'm Marisa Lagos. And today on The Breakdown, the last full day of Donald Trump's presidency, we look ahead to the incoming Biden-Harris administration and what the historic change could mean for California in terms of politics, policy, and more. After suing the Trump administration more than 100 times, how will California fare in this new era, Marisa? (laughs) Including several today, I believe. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it's probably going to be an improvement, at least in terms of relationships between the governor, the president, mayors, and others. Yeah, definitely. And we have quite a lineup ahead. And we're going to start with the next U.S. Senator from California, Alex Padilla. He'll be sworn in on Wednesday by Vice President Kamala Harris. He'll be joined there by Georgia Senators John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. That's going to be a lot of history in just one photo, Scott. Absolutely, it will be. And we spoke with Padilla earlier today and asked him what will be going through his mind in that moment. Yeah, well, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Uh, like you said, a lot of history being made, you know, all in one frame. The first uh, woman vice president of the United States, the first uh, you know, child of immigrants vice president of the United States, you know, huge history in and of itself. You know, my colleagues uh, to be, uh, Senator Warnock and, and Ossoff, making history in their own right, uh, and not only as individuals, but we uh, clearly know how consequential the election results of Georgia were going to be in determining the majority of the United States Senate. Uh, and yes, I'm proud to not just be California's next uh, U.S. senator, but the first Latino to represent our state in the U.S. Senate in our 170-year history. So it's a lot to be excited about, but uh, uh, sobered quickly by a number of things, including you know the numbers uh, of the COVID-19 pandemic. We still see the number of cases and uh, fatalities each and every day, so we know we're going to have to get to work quickly. Uh, to create the the national cohesive plan that has been lacking uh, for the last 10 months. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, coming in with this pandemic hanging over the entire nation, um, I'm sure you've started thinking about legislation already. What what do you want to see kind of when you get down to work be the first thing that you're going to tackle as a new senator? 
Yeah, look, there, there's a lot of uh, important issues, especially on behalf of California, but uh, the front burner uh, is and will continue to be COVID, COVID, COVID. Uh, everything from improving upon uh, the, the vaccines. Uh, you know, we know there's been a couple that have been approved, uh, but the supply thus far is far short of what uh, uh, the nation needs and far short of what the Trump administration has promised. Uh, as we ramp up production of the vaccines, distribution is going to be critical, but so is uh, ultimate administration at the community level. I want to make sure that the ultimate administration plans and, and priorities reflect uh, the disproportionate risk and vulnerabilities that we've been hearing from Dr. Fauci and the CDC since the onset of the pandemic. And, and let me be more blunt. We know that COVID disproportionately impacts communities of color for a variety of reasons. You know, in, in Los Angeles County, more than half of COVID fatalities right now are, are uh, uh, Latino residents uh, specifically. You know, disproportionately frontline workers and essential workers that have disproportionate exposure and then disproportionate health impacts, uh, we have to do better by them. Uh, and it's not just on the uh, uh, vaccine side. We look at the uh, economic relief that so many families need, so many small businesses need, state and local governments as well as school districts need. So we we have to act boldly and we have to act with urgency. You're going to be spending a lot of time with the vice president, the president, fellow senators, uh, some of whom have been vaccinated for COVID-19. And I'm just wondering, have you yourself been vaccinated? Uh, and if not, will you be shortly? Uh, I've been uh, tested a few times in recent weeks, but I haven't been vaccinated yet. Uh, uh, after my oath of office, I'll uh, uh, follow the guidance of the Capitol physician uh, in that regard. Uh, I know that uh, several members of the Senate have already been vaccinated, you know, cross-country travel, right? Uh, representing California doesn't mean you get to, to take the train or even drive to and from the Capitol. Uh, so that's not lost on me uh, or the Capitol physician. Uh, and uh, the fact that my mother-in-law lives with us is another consideration. So I'll follow the guidance of the physicians. Um, obviously, a lot of priorities out there. Um, I'm curious if you've started talking to any of your Senate colleagues, including uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein, um, and particularly about the upcoming impeachment trial, which I know you are all going to have to kind of balance with the urgent needs of the pandemic and the economic recovery and all of Joe Biden's other priorities. Uh, right. And, uh, you know, so it's not lost on me that we have a whole lot of work in front of us and it's not an either or. We have to be prepared for uh, extra long work days if necessary, extra long work weeks if necessary to handle both uh, impeachment, uh, confirmation hearings and votes for uh, uh, nom cabinet nominees by the Biden-Harris administration. I know the Biden-Harris administration will have their you know, first 100-day priorities, as will this new Senate majority. Uh, so a, a lot to be prepared for among the conversations with my colleagues-to-be uh, includes uh, conversations about committee assignments with uh, Senator Schumer seems to be Majority Leader Schumer. Uh, no final answers yet, but uh, you know, final staffing decisions and legislative priorities uh, will be reflected by uh, committee assignments along with uh, uh, the, the needs of California. Uh, talked a lot about COVID because that is certainly the, the most urgent matter, uh, but whether it's combating climate change, uh, comprehensive immigration reform, uh, and more, so much uh, uh, that we hope to get done uh, in the near future. Uh, I know that the Biden administration plans to introduce a comprehensive immigration bill as soon as tomorrow, um, which doesn't really include a lot of border security. It's more about uh, a pathway to citizenship, 
under certain conditions and support for the dreamers and so on. Uh, what do you make of making that uh, a top priority so quickly out of the box? And uh, what, what, what else will you be focused on in terms of issues? Yeah. A comprehensive immigration reform is frankly long overdue, uh, and no state has more at stake in it than the state of California, given the size of our population, the size of the immigrant uh, population in California, uh, and immigrants' contributions to the economy. Uh, and so uh, uh, among the things I'm looking for is a pathway to citizenship for all 11 million uh, undocumented uh, people living and, and working and contributing uh, in the United States of America. Uh, you know, the rebuilding of the asylum system, frankly, you know, the governor, uh, excuse me, President-elect President Biden talks about uh, build back better when it comes to infrastructure. In my mind, that also applies to the asylum system. You know, we're not done uh, reuniting families that were separated at the border uh, by the Trump administration. You know, we, we've talked about uh, uh, dreamers and the fate of the DACA program, the DAPA program. Uh, we need to be uh, e equally concerned about people that have benefited from TPS uh, protections for many years. So certainly a lot to tackle in comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, I know it may not be easy, but I am optimistic. One last question before we let you go. Um Impeachment is going to be coming up, and I'm wondering if in your conversations with uh, soon-to-be Majority Leader Chuck Schumer or anyone else, uh, you are, have, uh, you know, how are you going to be approaching uh, impeachment? Or have you made up your mind? Uh, many Republican or Democrats have. A lot of, uh, you know, re Republicans say they're open-minded, including Mitch McConnell. How are you going to approach that question and that really critical historic vote on impeachment? So uh, being sworn in as a juror uh, on this impeachment process will be the, the second oath uh, that I take this week, <laughs> second only to being uh, sworn in as a member of the U.S. Senate. Uh, you know, for many years, I've always wondered what it's like to serve on a jury. Uh, I never thought it would be happening this way. Uh, and so I will respect the process for what it is, uh, try to keep an open mind as appropriate. Uh, but uh, a lot of the information is already in the public domain. There is no doubt uh, that Donald Trump played a huge role uh, in the horrific uh, events of January 6th. All right. Well, we will uh, let it play out. Uh, I suspect you're not going to say more than that, but that's a pretty good clue, I think, as to where you're where you're heading. Uh, Senator to be a uh, senator designate Alex Padilla. Thanks for joining us. Good luck to you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you with your hand on the Bible tomorrow. By the way, do you know which Bible are you going to use? Do you know? No, thank you for asking. Scott. It's uh, I have with me uh, uh, my mother's Bible. We lost my mom a couple of years ago, but uh, uh, figure she'll, she'll, I know she's with me in spirit, but uh, this is another uh, example of uh, uh, the family being present. All right. Thanks so much. Best, lo Thank best of luck to you. Thank you both. Stay safe. That was California Senator-designate Alex Padilla. We're going to take a short break right now, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti and hear what he's hoping for with the change in Washington. You're listening to Political Breakdown from KQED Public Radio. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. 
And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. And welcome back to this special edition of Political Breakdown. I'm Scott Schaefer here with Marisa Lagos. We're talking about how things might change for California under the incoming Biden-Harris administration. We'd also love to know what you think about the inauguration as a Californian. Our our friends over at the California Report magazine are looking for your thoughts, and you can leave a message at 415-636-9801 or email calreport at kqed.org. We might include you on next week's California Report magazine. Yeah, just don't call collect, all right? (laughs) Um, Marisa, a new administration in Washington could also make a big difference, of course, to California cities. Earlier today, we talked with Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, who you may know was part of the inaugural planning team. And we started by asking him what message he hopes the inauguration sends. Well, I think the theme is the right one. Um, It's about unity and an America united, which we might not see right now. But if that isn't our North Star, what sort of a nation are we? I'm, of course, being respectful of the please don't travel from outside. I'm probably the first inaugural co-chair not to attend the inauguration, but (laughs) just as I have a quarantine in my city for outside travelers, so does Mayor Bowser, and I'm respecting that. But what makes this year unique for all of us is that we have to learn how to come together at a moment when we're all physically apart. But it really is the only way that we can recapture our country and certainly the only route to rebuild it in the years ahead. Mayor, can you talk about why it's important to have a public inauguration? I think some people are wondering, why not just do this somewhere safer so we don't have all these concerns? And is that part of this effort to start reuniting the country? I think we have to show the strength of our democracy, that we don't run, we don't hide. Um, And if we lose our public face of government, I think it implies a certain weakness and a certain surrender. Um, Of course, we want there to be the right security after what we saw, but I think that it will be. I, I anticipate you can never take care of lone actors, but I don't think we're going to see groups of people in the same way because folks saw the consequences of that, of breaking the law, of people swiftly arrested and consequences that are coming. You know, some of the problems that uh, you're hopeful about and other mayors and Democrats are hoping the administration tackles things like homelessness, housing, uh, you know, obviously the pandemic. I mean, these are not easy things to solve. And there's no particular reason to think that just having a Democrat in the White House is going to fix these complicated problems. So is there also, you know, are we also maybe setting uh, the country up for a disappointment? Well, no cavalry ever comes from Washington, whether it's your best friend uh, or your worst enemy, to completely solve the most complicated challenges that we face. You know, they're not going to, in a day, be able to reverse climate change. Homelessness will take some years to build, really, not only just solutions to the people on the streets, but preventing anybody from hitting the streets that requires mental health and housing and relief. Um, And certainly the pandemic you know, once we get past the health aspects of it, to stand our economy back up won't happen overnight. 
But I do believe some of these things are much more solvable and some of them much more quickly than we'd ever imagined. I think we can roar out of the pandemic with a very strong economy if we keep payments going to people, if we look at forgiving debt and mortgages and rents for folks that are piling up their debt, if we do some things to spur those small businesses to be back up and running. Um, some other things will take longer. Homelessness has been around for four or five decades um, and until we have national leadership. But, you know, as co-chair of the campaign when I endorsed Joe Biden, the only thing and he asked, what do you want? I said, can you look at making housing a human right to take a route where Section 8 vouchers or something like that, just as we do with food stamps and Medicaid, which we, of course, call Medi-Cal, would go to everybody who deserves it rather than a lottery of one out of eight people. Those sorts of systemic and systematic approaches to those vexing problems, I think we got a shot at now. And I'd, I'll take a shot. I'll do my part. I'll bring other mayors together, the governor, the legislature, with a partner to say, hey, at least now we can give it our best go. And I believe we will make progress in each one of those areas. Obviously, before you can tackle some of those systemic issues, there is this pandemic. And I do want to ask you just directly, you know, in, in L.A., and I know that you are the mayor of the city, not the county, but countywide, we're seeing a 20 percent positivity rate, some 127 cases per 100,000 residents. I mean, just higher than I think we ever imagined these things could go. Challenges with vaccines. What specifically do you want to see happen in the coming we really days and weeks um, from this new administration and new Congress that will assist mayors and county officials like yourself across this nation? Well, you're probably going to have to give me an hour special, but I'll try to convince. <laughs> you know, 30 seconds. <laughs> this no. is what I'm living and breathing. I did two 12-hour shifts at what will be the largest vaccine uh, center in California, if not the country and world soon at Dodger Stadium uh, this weekend, working, you know, from check-in to uh, the medical assistant for the um, clinician. What we need is a couple things. One, first and foremost, is more vaccine, more vaccine, more vaccine. I would put Every problem we have stems from there not being enough vaccine. Second, I'd love for cities to be empowered alongside counties without taking anything from those counties to get those vaccines directly. And just as we've shown here in LA with the strongest testing program in the country, if not the world, we can help get those vaccines out. We're doing that for our county already, but give us the flexibility and the freedom to do the third thing, which is a focus on where this is killing people, especially in communities of color and dense low income areas where there might be one essential worker, three generations living, 12 people in a single home. And I wanna make sure that we're getting vaccines to those seniors first when seniors are able to, to those essential workers first when essential workers are able to get their vaccine. So anything you can do to help us on equity, anything you can help us to have direct vaccines and aid and more of them, I think, to me, is about 100% of the struggle right now. Mayor Garcetti, you mentioned that uh, Kamala Harris, who, yes, does live in Los Angeles now with her husband, uh, Doug Emhoff. Uh, he is a, he's an attorney down in Los Angeles. I, I don't know if you knew him before yes, they met. You did. So tell us yeah. about him. What's he going to be like as second gentleman? Well, it's it's amazing, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm half Latino and half Jewish. Um, I know it's confusing people because there's some Italian through Mexico, but um, very proud that we have our first uh, Jewish second gentleman, our first second gentleman, period. But um, <laughs> to have him, uh, he's a great guy, as we'd say in Yiddish, he's a mensch. He's going to be the perfect balance. I saw him uh, and uh, Vice President-elect Harris in Salt Lake City uh, during the pandemic. I was asked on the campaign to go to the debate. And he said now that he had been on the campaign trail, he's like, now I get it why Kamala's so exhausted at the end of the day, um, how tough this job is. I feel I can be even a better partner to support the work that she's going to do. And I hope he's going to model kind of a feminist model of like a husband who supports a, a woman. We've seen so many 
great women who have supported their husbands in office, uh, but there are so many male spouses out there too that will show it's okay, men, for you to be a very supportive spouse to your you know, elected official, and that's gonna be great for America to see. Last question, Mayor Garcetti. Um, as somebody who has grown up uh, as the, part of the melting pot of America, what does it mean to you to see her take the stage tomorrow? Well, you know, somebody who's checked off biracial as well. When I first met Kamala, she and I uh, did a fellowship through the Aspen Institute together. She was the district attorney of San Francisco. I was the city council president here. And we totally hit it off. I mean, my father had been a DA. She was the DA. Uh, she was half and half. I was half and half. Um, we became co-chairs of the Barack Obama campaign in California. And I just think she represents not the new America. She represents the present America. Let's stop pretending like it's something that's a tidal wave coming of demography. It's actually how we live today. Families that are blended, cultures that are blended. We're not in these neat categories as much as rioters in the capital might want to, as much as white supremacists might want to claim that we are, as much as we see often the demand that we pick an identity. We are complicated people. And before, you know, most nations were nations before they were states. Think of Italy and Germany. They were the people before they found a country. What's weird about America is we were a state before we figured out who we were as a nation. But Kamala Harris, myself, our complex, fun, the screwy families reflect what America is and what the American nation has always been. We're finally just shining a light on that. And to me, it's a great coming out because it gives us all hope that we can truly, that cliche, any of us can grow up and be president of the United States or vice president of the United States. It's actually truer than we ever have seen in the past. And that's to me what Kamala Harris represents. Well, it is certainly going to be a new chapter in American history. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, thank you so much for joining us. As always, thank you again, Scott and Marissa. Great to be with you. Again, that was Los Angeles Mayor Eric Arcetti. If you're just joining us, I'm Scott Schaefer here with Marisa Lagos. You're listening to a special pre-inauguration edition of Political Breakdown. The election, the insurrection, and the change in administration have prompted a lot of questions about the future of the Republican Party. And joining us now is a man who led the California GOP when Arnold Schwarzenegger was Governor Duff Sundheim. Duff, welcome to Political Breakdown. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Scott. Let me begin by asking you, as Donald Trump prepares to exit, where is the Republican Party in California? Where does it go from here? Well, we are a reflection of what's going on nationally. And what's going on nationally, obviously, is a dark stain on not only the Republican Party, but the history of this country. So it's going to be a while for us to get past it. Uh, the California Republican Party in the last few years has really tried to uh, forge its own path, but it's been very difficult for people to realize that we've been doing that because of the behavior of the president in Washington. Is that totally true, though? I mean, I think, you know, there's a new chairwoman, Jessica Patterson, friend friend of Political Breakdown. We love Jessica. Um, but you still see within the Republican caucus, you know, Kevin McCarthy has been a close ally of the president. Um, we have, you know, most members um, voted against impeachment. And and more broadly, I mean, you know, there's so much misinformation and, and so many people nationally within the base rejecting this election results at all. I mean, can you just talk about what conversations you're having with people who maybe um, don't see this as a dark stain on the party? Well, they see a lot of the things that are going on in terms of how things are conducted in this state. You know, you just had Alex Padillon, who had a contract with a Biden firm, and you even have Betty E saying that shouldn't be paid. You have an attorney general that 
had very biased descriptions in initiatives, and he's rewarded by getting a position with the Health and Human Services. So there's a feeling among a lot of people that there has been a lot of games that have been played here in California, and they're very upset as to what's going on. But clearly, that's completely different than the lies and the distortions of the people that have been putting out at the national level. And I think it is a disgrace that more Republicans haven't stood up and said, this is wrong. Uh, but I would say that there is a movement within California that is not reflective of some of the things that we've seen at the national level, which I think are very embarrassing. Uh, last question, Dove. How important do you think it is for leaders in the party, Kevin McCarthy uh, and others, to really point out uh, what Ben Sass, the senator from Nebraska, pointed out in a in an article in the Atlantic that uh, you know the the party's being sort of subsumed by these conspiracy theorists like QAnon. Right. It's very important, and you've seen it today with Mitch McConnell coming out and saying, you know what, we need to seriously look at whether impeachment is an option. Um, I think that we really need to focus on moving forward together. I don't know what role the impeachment is going to play, but hopefully the Biden administration will work with people across the aisle to really focus on the future. But this is a dark stain and um, I don't know whether impeachment is the right thing going forward. I think it definitely would have been the right thing and the 25th amendment would have been the right thing up until tomorrow. But where we head for here is gonna be very difficult and uh, hopefully we can come together and working with people like Ann Eshoo, I'm very confident we can find common sense solutions that will move this country forward. All right, that's Duff Sentime. He's a former chair of the California GOP. Duff, we'd love to have you back on and keep talking about this. Thank you. Joining us now is Democratic Congresswoman Anna Eshoo, who Duff previewed a little bit. She's from the Bay Area and was one of Speaker Nancy Pelosi's closest friends and allies in Congress. Congresswoman Eshoo, welcome to Political Breakdown. Thank you, Marissa. It's great to be with you and Scott. And it was wonderful listening to the three previous guests. I've enjoyed it. Well, we really appreciate you sticking with us. Um, A big day in Washington tomorrow. I know it's been a very rough two weeks there. Um, Can you talk a little bit kind of, you know, coming out of inauguration and and switching gears to governing, what you think Mm -hmm. the House is going to be focused on, given the narrow majority, but the fact that Democrats finally have have the Senate? It's a set of bookends, uh, Marissa. It has to be uh, uh, really wrestling COVID to the ground and crushing it uh, and uh, rebuilding our economy uh, because our economy has been cascading as a result of the of the virus. Uh, so you really can't separate the two. And they are the two top uh, domestic issues. Uh, and we ha- we just have to uh, uh, get on it. And um, uh, uh, President-elect Biden has uh, set a goal of 100 million uh, doses uh, being uh, going into people's arms, uh, being vaccinated uh, in 100 days. Uh, that's aggressive. Uh, I'd like to see even more. Uh, but that's uh, really a heck of a start. I-, I think what people are looking for is uh, – competency because they're sick of the chaos. Mm -hmm. They're exhausted from chaos and fighting and infighting uh, and things not being done. Or if they are, it's ham-handed. So uh, this is going to be one of the biggest, um, uh, I think, medical infrastructure undertakings in our country's history. And listening to the previous speakers, uh, the um, 
uh, uh, we, we really have to ramp up the number of uh, doses that are manufactured and then shipped to the states. The states need uh, more dosages. Uh, and then the, between the states and the guidance from a new CDC director, uh, the states will uh, uh, have clarity. Uh, they'll have competency. Uh, uh, and they can then uh, move forward with their plans for cities, counties, rural areas uh, uh, for equitable distribution of vaccines. And remember, there are more vaccines that are going to be coming online uh, soon as well. Congressman, we're we're really short on time, but I want to just ask you, you know, you you know Kamala Harris, uh, you know, uh, obviously, uh, her from, you know, her time in politics in the Bay Area. What's going to be going through your mind, you think, as, you know, as she and Joe Biden take over the top positions in our government? Well, we have uh, what's, I think, called hometown pride. We're so proud of uh, Kamala uh, for all the reasons that have already been stated. And um, uh, she, has a, um, she has a joyful spirit about her. Uh, yes, she's serious. She's a tough questioner. I mean, she was a prosecutor. Uh, and, uh, uh, but she has a, a, a wonderful sense of humor. Uh, and I think that... Um, I think that's very important uh, when everything is so serious. Uh, I think she's going to be a solid partner uh, uh, for Joe Biden, just the way he was to Barack Obama. All right. Congresswoman Anna Eshoo, representing parts of the peninsula. Uh, thank you for joining us. So little time. We want to have you back and uh, give you some more time. You and Duff, sometime both. I but would thanks. love to. Yeah, maybe Th- together. They're yeah, like a maybe tag together. team over here. <laughs> unity. American unity. Great. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy and- day tomorrow. All right. Okay. So let's hope for let's hope Bye-bye. for good weather. Um, all right, Marisa. Well, before we get going, I just again like to call out. Um, I'm going to be working on a bigger project about Kamala Harris and what her ascension means. So we want to know what Californians think about this inauguration, what it means to them. Give us a call four one five six three six nine eight zero one. You can email us at calreport at kqed.org. And we might put you on the show next week or in the future. All right. There's an incentive. Well, that does it for this edition of Political Breakdown, a production of KQED Public Radio. Our producer, as always, is Guy Marzarati. Our engineers are Brendan Willard and Katie McMurrin. KQED's team includes Holly Kernan, Ethan Tovin Lindsay, Vinnie Tong, Erica Aguilar, and Jonathan Blakely. I am Marisa Lagos. You can find me on Twitter at MLagos. And I'm Scott Schaefer. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Scott Schaefer. Tune in to your local NPR station for full inaugural coverage tomorrow morning. And Marisa and I will be back for Thursday's Political Breakdown with Dee Dee Myers. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. 
Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.